Christine, I want to I go on and continue on in this uh, series called Make War. I started it a few weeks back, and uh, this is something that uh, all of us understand that, uh, that I say all of us understand that all of us are in, we're in a warfare, and, but not all of us understand. And, uh, and so I've, I've endeavored to uh, bring to the table uh, a, a number of different thoughts to help us to not only make war, but to, to win in that warfare that we're in. And we're in a daily warfare. And, and as I was thinking just a moment ago, some of you are in great warfare even right now. I know just through the course of this morning, I had some ex- uh, just uh, some extraordinary battles that nobody else sees. Just, it just happens. It happens. It's not anything uncommon. I'm not anybody special. It happens to us all periodically from time to time. But it's an inward warfare that takes place. I'm just battling some, was battling some things earlier. And I'm sitting here through the course of this morning praying at various times, standing my ground, because I know, I know where the opposition comes from. I know that the enemy is trying to kill, steal, and destroy. And that he works at that uh, to try to, to hinder what God's wanting to do. And I know that you guys are going through some real, real, real warfare in your life. Uh, whether it's inwardly or whether there's some things, just some outward attacks by the enemy that's going on in your life. I know that you're going through some uh, extraordinary warfare in your life. I know that it just happens. It, it happens for us all. And, uh, and so my... my, my uh, uh, purpose for doing this series is that we would win in life, that we would l- win every time we face any kind of warfare in our life, that we would not be overcome, but that we would be overcomers, that we would not be victims, but victors, that we would be people that are uh, always experiencing the, the outcome of being the head and not the tail in every area that we face in life. I, I feel you. I feel you. I know you're going through stuff. I know that it happens. Uh, some of it may be relationally, but uh, and others financially. And again, a lot that takes place happens inside where nobody else ever sees it. Some people are struggling uh, and have been struggling for many, many years with fears in their life, uh, insecurities, which is a deadly thing. I've been insecure and. In, in my life, and I've overcome a lot of the insecurity, but I still fight insecurity. I think a lot of people fight insecurity in their life. Probably most people, if not all people, fight some type of insecurity in their life. And uh, it's not something that is, uh, is a driving thing in my life anymore, but at some point, uh, there was a point in my life that I was insecure. And it, and it manifested in anger. And so I was a very angry person. And, uh, and, and that anger was uh, something that was born out of insecurity in my life. And thank God I had some folks that taught me that I don't have to live that way. That I can gain victory over that or those things in those areas in my life. And uh, there's things that plague our life that too many times we're living with when God intended for us to make war and overcome them. And so what I'd like to do today is I want to I talk about uh, something that I think is sometimes misunderstood. And I'm going to give you the title of today's message. And when I give you that title, 
there's a lot of people that think that means that we just stand, or we, we're just bystanders. We just let God deal with it. But it's not the case. And so let me give you the title of today's message, and that is this, The Battle is the Lord's. Amen? It is the Lord's. But I want you to have a biblical understanding of what that means when you read that in Scripture, what exactly does it mean when it says that the battle is the Lord's? And so we're going to get to that in just a moment. But I want to take you to our, our, our foundational Scripture in this text, I mean in this series that we've been using. And it's found in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 and 28. You guys ready? Okay, because we're going we're gonna to push through and we're going to press on I think maybe the opposition I was feeling this morning is because uh, the enemy knows uh, that he, you know, he don't want anybody to hear what I'm going to share today. Uh, because he knows that it, it means that there's going to be a lot of people going to stomp his butt. Okay? And he's going to say, enough's enough. I'm just going to, enough's it. This is it. There's no more. It's not going to happen anymore. Okay? So uh, Genesis chapter 1, when God created us, he created us not to be the tail but the head. It says in Genesis 1, verse 27 and 28, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. And we're still the blessed, by the way. Yes, cursing came upon our life through Adam, but because of Jesus Christ, we have the blessing of God. When we receive Jesus into our life, we are now the blessed of the Lord. Amen? So it says here, that God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over live every living thing that moves upon the earth. And so there was a lot of instruction, and I've been saying this throughout the, 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 this series, is that there were three things that God intended. First of all, he said, Be fruitful and multiply. He wants us to be productive. He wants us to be always ground gaining. There's things, there's different levels, there's different things that God wants us achieving in our life. He doesn't want us to be in this earth just being passive, just getting going through and just living and existing. He wants us producing in our life. Amen? Second thing that he uh, said here and in, in instructed us is he said that we are to fill the earth and subdue it. So God wants us to have influence across this, across, across this globe. He wants us to be the influencers, not just being influenced. We're all going to be influenced, but we got to watch the influences that influence our life. But he also, he wants us to be the influencers. Amen? Amen. And let me tell you, with that being said, uh, we need to get out and vote in influence. Amen? Amen? And so we need to make sure that we're, we're, we're making our voice heard and so I want to encourage you, and I even want to go beyond encouraging you and challenging you to get out and vote. All right? Enough said? No. All right. So be an influencer. And then he goes on to say, he says, Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. He says, Have dominion. Be a leader here on this earth. I want you leading. I believe that all of us are leaders on some level, but he wants us to lead at the highest level. I mean, we need to be, we need to be uh, developing ourselves to be leaders where, regardless of where we're at. You know, Joseph, if he found himself being a slave, he was a, he was a leader in, in the master's house. 
If Joseph found himself in prison, he found himself being a leader in prison. Wherever Joseph found himself, he found himself developing himself to be a leader. And I think that's because God put that in him and he's put it in all of us. Men need to be leaders in their homes. Come on, women, that was your time to shout. (laughs) Amen. And so men need to be leaders in their home and women need to be leaders also in their home. Amen. My wife leads very well. And so, so, so we see that God has a plan for us and he wants us to be moving forward. Now, there's opposition. Anytime we're moving forward, there's opposition. There's always, you know, the bigger the promise, the bigger the promised land, the bigger the giants. And so anything that we're going forward in to, for the things of God, what God wants us to go forward in, there's going to be lots of opposition. Think about it. A car moving down the road has resistance. Anything that's moving down the road is going to have some resistance. If you're a child of God and you're endeavoring to move down the road with the Lord, then there's going to be some resistance. And you need to know some things in order to counteract that resistance that you're getting from the enemy. First of all, you and, you and I, and we talked about this early on in this series, we are positionally set to succeed and to overcome and to be victoriously. We are positioned, positioned in Christ to be victorious. We are in Him. Amen? And the second thing that we talked about is that not only do we have a, the, the proper position, but we have His authority in our life. And so we can overcome because we have his authority, that delegated authority that's been given to us to be able to deal with the enemy. And last week we talked about we have the grace, the grace of God, to be able to deal with anything that the enemy throws our way. Now today, if you're taking notes inside your worship guide, there's some notes. I want to give you this statement, and it's this. We have today, we need to understand we have the power. God's empowered us. To make war and to win every time. Every one of us have the power to be able to win in our life. We need to get hold of that. We need to understand that we have been given power over the enemy. And his tactics. And his attacks. And his devices. And whatever he comes against us with, we have power over him. Amen? And so what I want to do today... I want to take you to a story, all of you are probably familiar with it, and it's the story of David when he was going to take his brother some, some, some food, his dad had asked him, and then uh, he was going to check on his brothers, and he, when he gets there, he finds this giant taunting the armies of Israel, and when the giant came out, the armies would go and hide out of fear, you remember that story? And so all of us are familiar with that. David, uh, by many think he was around 17 years old, a young teenager, and he didn't have enough sense to be fearful. (laughs) Amen? And then when he came against, when he saw them, and he, he saw that giant, he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would come against the armies of the living God? He knew something that the, the rest of these uh, Israelites did not know. He knew that God had the power to be able to deal with the devil. 
And that, that power was made available to him. Amen? Amen? And so when he went and faced the giant, and the giant was saying, you, you know, what are you doing coming at me with a stick, you know? How are you and, and David said, you better shut up. I'm gonna, the end result is I'm going to cut your head off. <laughs> you know, basically. He says, I, I, I'm going to take care of you. You just, you know, you spew all the things that you want to spew out of that mouth, but eventually I'm going to shut it up. Amen. Amen. But here's what I want to I want to take you to that uh, that is found in verse 47. In ver- verse 47, it says, "Then all this assembly shall know." He's talking to the giant. All this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and He will give you into our hands. He says. He says, "Listen." The battle is the Lord's, and he's going to give you into our hands. Now, when, when David said that, he wasn't, he wasn't uh, thinking that God was just going to take care of it, and he can go have a seat and just watch God work. That wasn't the case. He knew that if he did his part, that the power of God was going to be able, that, was, that, that the power of God was going to be there to do its part. God's power was going to be there. And he said, the power of God will show up, basically, in essence. You watch God's power show up, and he's going to give me the ability not only to take you out, giant, but we're going to take out this army. And he, prior to that, he says, man, your carcasses are going to be fed to the birds of the air, to the fowls of the air. He says, we're, we're taking you out. I love that. And then if you go on and read in verse uh, 48, 48 uh, David wasn't, he wasn't timid at all. I mean, he ran. It, for, verse 48, it says, So it was when David, when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. He ran toward He didn't run from it. He ran towards it. He made war because he knew that the battle was the Lord's. He knew the power of God. And we know that he went back and he, when he faced Saul and he says, I'll go take him on. And, and Saul says, no, you're nothing but a little kid. And he says, listen, I was out there taking care of the sheep and I'm telling you that God showed up. I mean, I took out a bear, took out a lion, and this guy, he's no big deal. Been there, done that, have the t-shirt. And we can do it again. And so he had already experienced the power of God at work in his life. And so, so today what I want to do is I want to talk about the believer's power. Because every one of us, if we are a believer in Jesus Christ, we have the power to be able to overcome the enemy. And let me just say this about the believer's power The believer's power must be acknowledged, number one. It must be acknowledged. If we don't acknowledge acknowledge the power of God, then the power of God will be limited in our life. Too many times, here's what's happening. Instead of acknowledging the power of God, we acknowledge the problem that's in front of us. And we neglect the power of God. Or we forget the power of God. How many of, that, how many of the, us has that happened to where the problem just seems so big? 
I mean, that giant just seemed so big that, man, we just lost sight of the power of God that had the ability to change my situation. I want you to read something, or follow with me, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16. Very, very powerful. The power that has been made available to every believer. In verse 16, we're going to start there. It says, so do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Paul's saying, I want you to understand what God has for you in, in Jesus. You've got to get a revelation. You've got to get, it, it has to become real to you. That's what revelation does. Revelation makes something real to you. You can read something, and it just, it's just head knowledge, but when God makes it re- real to you, it's because revelation came into your heart. He says, you've got to get a revelation of this. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of his glory of the inheritance in the saints. Get this. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. Say who believe. believe. It doesn't come to those that are operating in unbelief. It comes to those who are believing. Okay? Do you see that? You catch that? Okay, it says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the, in the heavenly places, far above principalities and power and dominion and, and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Get this, which is his body. So if we are the body of Christ, he is the head, we're the body, and everything's under our feet, then where's the devil? He's under our feet. We have power over him. We have power over him. It goes on to say, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now, verse 19, let's go back there. It says, which is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Let me read that to you out of the Amplified Bible. The Amplified Bible says this, and so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable, unlimited, and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe. That's the power of God that's made available to you and I. But too often what happens is that we don't acknowledge the power because we're too busy acknowledging the problem. That power was made available to all of the Israelites, but there was only one young kid that acknowledged the power of God over the problem. And too often, come on, let's be truthful Because our problems can be so real, and they are, not denying them. They can be so oppressive, so tangible, that it's hard to recognize or realize or acknowledge the power of God that's been made available to us. Too often we're acknowledging the the problem and not the power that can cure, cure the problem. 
And so in essence, it's a focus problem that keeps people from experiencing God's power. In essence, it's a focus. We're focusing in on the wrong thing. The army of Israel were more aware of the problem, and David was more aware of God's power. It's difficult, once again, I say, to acknowledge God's power when when the problem is real and bad and when our body is sick and hurting. You know, when you have that, those, that pain or you have that bad doctor's report or you have whatever it is, it's so hard to acknowledge the power of God when your problem is so big. And let me just say this, because I've seen it in little annoying things, small annoying things, things that just nag in your life to big oppressive problems, whether it's small annoying or big oppressive things, both of them can demand your attention and keep you from the power of God. And let me illustrate it just really, really quick, as quick as I can. Uh, this past week, uh, we, um, I, I think it was at the ball game, we were at the softball game this past week, and and I'm thinking that's where it may have happened, but my wife had gotten all bit up with these mosquitoes. And so all week, and just red and scratching, and she just kept saying, and, I, and somewhere, I don't know, a couple of days in, I said, Honey, I said, have you prayed? Not yet. And I said, Why do you tolerate that stuff? Don't tolerate. We have been given the power of God. Address it. Seriously, too often because it's too common, people just accept and receive those little annoying things like headaches. And I know there's a lot of people, and I'm not condemning anybody, but let me tell you something. You need to make a stand against those little, nagging, annoying things. And I don't care if there is the flu going around. It doesn't mean that it needs to stop at your house. And I just, I just, you know, when something tries to attack my body, I say no in the name of Jesus. The power of God that lives and resides in me is greater than that stupid cold. I resist you in Jesus' name. Acknowledge the power of God over over the, the nagging little problem or the big problem that you're facing in life. God's power is bigger than anything that you're going through. I don't care what it is, whether it's small or big, God's power has the ability to address it. The battle is the Lord's. If you'll let the Lord work in your life through believing in the power of God. Is this coming through? Because I'm here to tell you that God, has, He's given us this. Again, remember that we are the body of Christ here on this earth. If we're the body of Christ, then we need to be doing what Christ did when He was here in His body. He went about doing something. Acts chapter 10 verse 38 says this, And by the way, you're anointed. It says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with... How many of us have been anointed with power? We just, have, we just read it out of Ephesians chapter 1 that we've been given this surpassing, limitless power. Jesus was anointed with power, with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all 
who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. How many of you know that God is with you? And I'm here to tell you that if you're being oppressed by the devil, that you can stand your ground. If, if, if there's any sick among you, let him pray. That's what James says. In other words, don't sit there and accept it and receive it well. You know, I guess, you know, it's, it's, going, it's everywhere, you know. Everybody's getting sick. Not me. I'm, I refuse it in the name of Jesus. I refuse it. I refuse it. I refuse it. In the name of Jesus. And I just, I honestly, uh, we just stand our ground. Amen? But you've got to acknowledge the power of God. You don't just stand, you don't just stand uh, uh, idle. You, you acknowledge the power of God. You stand up and you make war and say no in Jesus' name. So first of all, we've got to acknowledge the power of God, the believer's power. Secondly, the believer's power must be accepted. Once we acknowledge it, we need to accept it. We need to believe it. And we read that a while ago. The power comes to those that believe. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, and I need to scoot. It says this, though. It says, when he called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. He's given, he gave his disciples power over all these sicknesses, all these diseases, over the devil. Yet, a little bit later, the disciples were struggling in their belief of the, in that power. They struggled with it. Uh, they, they, uh, there's a man that brought, uh, I think it was a man, I believe it was. have to go back and read it. But uh, he, he brought somebody, uh, one of his, uh, or his child to Jesus, and uh, he was a, a lunatic, it says, and he couldn't, they couldn't cast out the devil. And so uh, the disciples couldn't cast him out, so the, the, the dad brought him to Jesus, and then Jesus cast him out. And the disciples came to Jesus and said, why couldn't we cast him out? In Matthew 17... Verse 20, here was Jesus' response. He says, Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. Because of your unbelief. Now notice here, this is Matthew 17. In Matthew 10, he gave them the power over the devils to cast them out. Right? Didn't we read that? Yet here it says, Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, and Vicky quoted that today, you'll say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Say nothing. nothing. Wow. Nothing. Doesn't matter what it is. Nothing. You've got to believe in the power of God. I have to believe in the power of God to activate the power in our life. So we've got to believe in the power. I remember me preaching on healing. I believe in healing. I believe, you know, I believe that we're the healed. As a believer, we are healed people that sickness is trying to get upon. That I'm not sick trying to get healed. I'm healed that somebody that, that the devil's trying to get sick. How many of you understand what I'm saying? 
So I'm, I'm just saying, you stay away. I resist sickness because I am the healed. Because that's what the scripture says. By his stripes, I am healed. Not going to get, I am healed. And so sickness tries to come upon me, therefore I resist it. I resist it in the name of Jesus. I resist sickness and disease. And so sometimes it's a battle more than other times, but I tell you, I stand my ground. And I don't go by how I feel. I go by what the Word of God says. I know that the power of God is working in me. Amen? Amen. And so I was preaching on this, and I was talking about how God wants to heal us all, and, and, and you know, God's, it's God's will. The Bible says when we pray that we, we ought to pray believing that we received. How is it that we can pray believing that we received for healing if we think that God's the one that put sickness on us? It'd be hard to believe for healing if we think it's God's will for us to be sick. Well, the Bible tells us in 1 John, it says that this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, we'll have the petitions that we have asked of Him. He says that we'll have them. Not might, but will have them. Well, how will we know that when we ask according to his will? Well, how do we know what his will is? We go back to the word of God. Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Never one time will you ever see Jesus putting sickness on people while he was here on this earth. He was always taking uh, sickness away from people. That's the will of God. I was preaching that, and after service, there was a guy that left, and he says, I'll never be back because I, I, I don't believe in, in divine healing. So sad. Even though he was given the truth, he didn't accept it. And this morning, I'm giving you the truth that you have the power of God in you to resist the devil, and it is your responsibility to accept it, receive it, and act on it. And if you'll do that, you'll watch. It, it, it activates in your life. And it doesn't. And, and quit looking at circumstances. I don't care if your body still feels like crud. Okay? I, I don't go by what I feel. I go by what I believe. And so when I pray, I receive, I believe. Then I prayed and I received it. I'm not looking for a manifestation. I am the healed. I believed it. It's, I'm I'm healed. I have answer when I pray. Am I losing some of you? We've got to believe it. So that brings me to the third thing that I wanted to share about the believer's power. We must, it must be activated. It must be activated. It, we, we, we've got to acknowledge it. We've got to accept it. And then we've got to activate it. We need to start acting on it. Ephesians 6, chapter 10, and I mean... Uh, Chapter 6, verse 10 and 11, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wilds or the devices of the devil. We put on the armor and then we make our stand. We activate it by standing against Him. When it comes against us, we don't say, well, it, whatever it is, you know, whatever God's will is. No, we know God's will. Let's make a stand. And let's resist it. Let's make war. Let's say no. 
And let's move forward. Let's resist the devil and he will flee from us. Amen? And so, so God has given us the ability to be able to stand against the, the, the devil. The believer's power is activated when we act on it. In other words, when we act like it's true. And once again, we, God anointed us. He anointed us with the Holy Spirit and with power. The same way he did Jesus. And therefore, we ought to be people that are going about doing good and healing all that are oppressed of the devil. So when I hear somebody sick, I want to pray for them. If they, I, and I say this every time. I'm going to give you opportunity in a little bit. And I want to encourage you. If you have prayer needs, make your way up here. I believe this with all of my heart, that when people of faith pray for people in faith, miracles happen. When we believe in the power of God, the power of God is activated. It goes to work in our life when we activate it through our belief. Sometimes it's through just our words. That's the action that we need to take, the things that we're saying. Sometimes there's things that we need to act on. But I'll say this, every time, act as if the, God, if the word of God is true. You act on it as if it is true. What, do, what, you know, what, what does it say concerning your situation? Act on it. Uh, best way to illustrate this, just really quick. Years ago, right after I got saved, five days after, I was still drinking and smoking and, and you know, I, I was still bound you know, people get saved, they come out of Egypt, but they're still in the wilderness, they still have the Egypt in them that they need to be delivered of. I still had that Egypt in me. I was still needing delivered. And uh, five days after I got saved, my brother and his pastor came to me, and, he, and, and, and uh, they were about two hours away uh, from where we lived, and uh, they said, uh, you, you, you can be delivered of this alcohol. And I had to grip my life. I couldn't shake it, couldn't get rid of it. As a, uh, 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 in my mid-20s, I remember just crying, crying as an adult because I couldn't get away from alcohol. I was, I was uh, alcoholic and had been for years and years. And uh, they said, you can get rid of this. The, the, the Holy Spirit will give you the power to get rid of it. And they quoted Acts chapter 1, 8, when the, when the, uh, when the Spirit of God comes upon you, you sh- or you shall have power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And, and, and so they, they were ministering that to me, that the Holy Spirit, when you, uh, and I needed to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, and I need to be filled, and we need to continually be filled. That's a continuous thing. And the, the, the power of God comes into, in, into action. It goes into action. And, uh, and I, when, they, when I got home, they were already at my house, and I walk in with two cases of Budweiser, cigarette out of my mouth, because that's what I did. That's how I lived. I had to have it at that point, I thought. But I had been born again. And so they'd ministered to me, and they said, you can be delivered of it. Do you want delivered of it? Do you want free of it? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Uh, Do you want all that God has for you? Yes, I do. It says that you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want it. I want everything that God has for me. So they prayed for me. And, And when they laid hands on me, then the power of God, the Spirit of God, it felt like a syringe from the bottom of my feet to the, to, to out my, my mouth. It's just like a, like there was just a, a cleansing that took place. 
And I went. I remember my mind giving me some trouble. I remember, though, I went. Immediately, I went to the refrigerator, and I started popping those lids and pouring in the sink. And I, I, I poured down two cases of beer. Well, I had already drank a, a couple, I think. <laughs> Almost two cases. And, and I, I threw all those cans in the trash, and I got those cigarettes, and I crumbled them up, and I threw them in the trash. And I remember it was a struggle in my mind because I thought, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if. And I remember when I was doing that, what if, what if, what if. And I just went back and I just reminded myself the power of God has set me free. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. The power of God set me free. And I remember I threw him in the trash and I walked away and I purposed from that moment on that I was going to depend totally on the power of God and never again on alcohol and nicotine in my life, anything that was addictive in my life. And from that point on to this, I've never touched either or or any other drugs since that day. Amen? Amen. Because of the power of God. The power of God. And I'm here to tell you, You've got the power of God made available to you in whatever area of your life that you're struggling with. You have God's power to be able to address any circumstance. We've already read it. There's nothing impossible for those that believe. Let's pray. Father, we 